0: SPN 690 and Action Sports Jax presents Brett and Friends with Brett Martineau. We're gonna have to show a little more patience than the year two pom pom people. Casey Kurtz. Yo, what are we doing,
1: bro? Come on. And Aaron Shapter. I'm, I'm all in favor of these two showing their love, really <laughs> celebrating their relationship. Get him! Get him! Get him! Get come on, Yeah! Come on.
0: This is Brent and Friends with Brent Martineau, Kiki Kurtz, and Aaron Schachter on Jacksonville's home for ESPN Radio, ESPN 690. Jack, straight anybody today? Can we extend the deadline? I don't think that's how that works, dog. Oh, no? Gosh, that was a lot of fun yesterday.
2: <laughs> Let's do it again! Why not? Why not? You know what would be cool? So soccer can do this, right? If you're outside of the transfer window, you can agree to deals and trade dudes, but they just can't go until the window opens. You should be able to do that after the deadline. Like, you should be able to trade people for the off season now. Can't you do that in,
1: like, baseball? Doesn't the trade deadline in baseball mean nothing, too?
2: No, so the baseball one is you can trade people that, like, aren't on the 40-man. They have to clear waivers. Mm-hmm, but, like, waivers. soccer, you can do anything. You can agree to the transfer now. It just doesn't happen until... Like, could you so imagine? With, so does so does the guy
0: still play for that team? Yes. That's weird. Yeah. yeah. But I think done? that's probably why. Like, that's
2: an odd thing,
0: right? Like, yeah, I weird. know you're gone. <laughs> Except you do so, right. play for these guys. So or could play. you
2: imagine Lamar gets traded right now, but he doesn't go till March? That'd
0: be wild. That, that would, would be pretty wild. Imagine. Yeah. I mean, kind of. It, it would Sometimes. be interesting.
2: How do you not sabotage, or how do you not think you're going to get
0: sabotaged by that person? I know that's why. That's how does uh, I'd love to know how those guys usually play when that happens in soccer. Yeah, worse. <laughs>
1: I'll tell you what it
0: happens. Uh, what it happens they don't in, come to
1: practice, <laughs> yeah, <they're> like, <laughs> exactly. Right? It's real lame duck. What it happens in this building if you're leaving for not radio? <laughs> it happens. In this it building. does because people announce, "Hey, I'm leaving. Here's my two weeks." Just like any business. But if you're if you're leaving for not radio, they'll let you work it out because you know we're shorthanded. But <laughs> are we? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, welcome to America, 2020. Yeah. 2022, excuse me. But if you're leaving for another radio company, they're like, just kidding, get out.
0: Get out now. Yeah, you're leaving. Yeah, they don't want, they get mad at that. Oh, yeah, very mad, yeah. We get, uh, you know what? We've had people go in and out of this business more than ever before, that now the exit used to be the short email that you'd get from, like, the manager. Mm -hmm. Would be like, uh, so-and-so is no longer an employee here. And you're like, "Oh, what happened? (laughs) Like, that's it, right? Mm -hmm. Now, I think I've seen people go in and out this revolving door to the point—not on just the radio side, but in TV too, where mostly on TV, really—that there's so much turnover in our industry right now that I think they're just tired of writing nice emails. You're lucky if you. I don't you know. think any drama happened. I think they're just like, "See, I'm done. I have too much to do. I can't write another email. At, That's nice." At least on the <laughs> at least on the radio <laughs> side.
1: It used to be like a nice e- like a paragraph. Oh, This yeah, person helped saying. us through these times and blah, blah, blah. Then it turned into wish them luck in their future endeavors. Don't let them pass the front desk without an escort. <laughs> yeah. And now I don't even see emails anymore. <laughs> you don't I even think, get them. I think they, you know, we're hey, uh, no, really a little getting, bit embarrassed. They're <laughs> like, oh, we're sending an email every three days. Oh, we're uh, we're looking at resumes, three right? Three now. months ago. <laughs> All right. We
2: got to, yeah. Gotta no, show. literally
0: is how <laughs> it happens sometimes, especially during COVID when you wouldn't see people for weeks at a time. That's funny. Um. Brent Martin, Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz. Uh, and Calvin you know, Ridley. He'll be here in a couple Calvin, months. Calvin <laughs> Ridley will be here in a couple months. Uh, maybe we get him on the show. Why not? Does he want, <laughs> does he want to go to work? nothing going on. We He's can literally go... mad
2: showing right now. We can do
0: uh, We
2: can do some <laughs> drills in the parking lot. Yes. What would you do if you had a year off of work, but you know your next year of work, you're getting paid $11.1 1 million.
1: Not only that, though. Wait, 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 wait. Probably be eating a lot of candy bars. But this is
2: the point, right? You
1: know you can't do that. Because sure. you gotta, you got to be in top physical shape when you go back to work.
2: But at least for the first three months you can.
0: Maybe. This, yeah, this is where these guys are not normal human beings mm-hmm. because of what you just said, Casey. Like, all he has to do really next year is show up, and he's getting 11 mil. Yeah. Make the roster. And so... Actually, he's getting either. There way. would be a lot of people in normal everyday life that would be like living it up right now, not worrying about getting ready for work. Now, not many professions... I mean, you need, you need to be in really good shape. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, you don't have to do that. Yeah. So, like, this is a little bit different because you need to stay in physical shape like, to play in the NFL. Not right? just. Like, I mean, pristine yes. physical shape. But it's just funny how they're wired that way. Like, even once they do make a ton of money. There's so many guys that now get paid and make a ton of money, and it's not like they stop working. Yeah. You know? They, they, they are hungry. You know, they are built different in that respect. Yeah, like, yeah. so many of us would get that kind of contract and be like yeah you know I'm going to give him my all but if it runs out in 3 years <laughs> then that's what it is. Guess does. Who's sitting on the beach. Yeah. This guy. And well, we seen professionals like that too. You can't blame them. Yeah, it's at tough. some point you got to enjoy your life. It's tough to not get in like we all see we wouldn't do it. It's it's like I was we say it's about retirement in general. Even do you know anybody who's retired recently at like sixty-seven years old or sixty-five? They say like, oh, I can't wait to retirement I'm sixty-five. Sure I do. Can't wait till any, retirement sixty-seven, mm-hmm. and then they get there, and it's like, kind of wish I was still working. Yeah,
2: that happens you know all I mean? the My time. My grandma yeah. actually did that recently. Can you please just finish eating
0: before you talk on the radio? <laughs> yeah, because you have not reached that big time where you can just start ta- eating and talking on the radio. Really day Guys, one I'm stuff. I'm good. <laughs> what are you talking you about? You are not getting $11 million next year. Oh, Casey. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's pretty – it's just they are uh, wound differently.
1: Yeah, I, I, I do think Athens that happens
0: own. a lot, though. Like, you feel like you have
1: purpose while you're employed, and then suddenly all oh, that's gone, you know? Yeah. I wonder what Ridley's
0: been doing all <laughs>
2: year. All right. Can yeah. he gamble now or no? <laughs> like, it's a good question, though. i being serious because if, if you were to make me gambling, yes. if I had to sit around for three sixty-five and yes. couldn't gamble.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> Not just couldn't gamble, but, like, with, with tens of
2: millions of dollars that in your too. bank account. I hope, like, I hope when he gets here, he's, like, cool about it.
1: No, there's no way. I, yeah, but he's going to be really careful. There's it. no way he's talking about it. There's no way he's acknowledging it. No way.
2: Well, he's <laughs> going to have to talk about it at least once. They're going to have to ask him when he starts, did when you, he
1: comes here.
0: Did you catch Doug Peterson today? No, not the constant. Like, so, first of all, Peterson got a little bit annoyed mm-hmm. because everybody was asking about Ridley. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I mean, it is a big story. No, but he's like, it's next year. We're not and talking about it. Well, because, you. you know, in his mind, he's worried there about the go. Raiders. Yes. Right? He's like, and rightfully so, he, he should be. Yeah. yeah, he's like, does anybody have questions about the Raiders? <laughs> and not really. I'm like, no, nah, not really, Doug. I mean, to be honest <laughs> with you, you're, you're, <laughs> okay, I, 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 that. That. I wasn't there. <laughs> but I'd be like, no, not really. First of all, this is a huge move. that impacts the future of the Jaguars. It's like draft day all over. It's not like Trent Pokey came out and talked about it. Right. So there's a lot of details about it. And, you know, I love Doug, but I was just saying, I was thinking, wait a minute, you're the one that told us it's all about you guys every single week. It's all about us. It's yeah. us. It's us. Well, we're asking about you and how you're going to make better. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so does nobody come out and talk about it? Nah, it was, I, well, I think they just issued a state. It's really a hard thing to talk about from their vantage point because they can't talk to him. They haven't talked to him. Yeah. There's
1: really? nowhere to be they found. They can't
0: talk to him. He's not allowed. He's right? not allowed in the building? He's not allowed to come in and welcome? Like, February 16th will be the day that Calvin Ridley arrives. Because I think February 15th is the day that that's that's going to be the reinstatement, you know, so it's it's kind of a wild situation that they traded for a guy who is suspended. But the the thing that I was really going to get to on Doug and he said, well, the process is we're 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 betting a little on the future. Uh (laughs) I thought he was going to catch himself, Mm -hmm. but he didn't. He didn't. I just picked up on it. Was kind of unfortunate. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Can you think of a bigger trade that wasn't? You know for a draft position in franchise history like we brought in nick Foles for draft picks that would be one i would consider but like not like uh didn't, didn't they move up well, for Foles brunel was or a, something Foles was just
0: a free agent yeah
2: right? they paid for Foles.
0: oh they paid 88 for him
2: didn't yes they?
0: yes yeah uh that's a good question how big is the calvin i mean let's Darius away that's what that trade was yeah, like, yeah marcel darius by the way was is a pretty significant trade okay I mean, massive dollars. Well, like we've traded
1: people away that was big, like trading away Jalen Ramsey, one of the best corners, if not the best corner in the NFL at the time, then fine. But bringing in somebody in a trade, I don't know that we've ever seen a trade this big for this franchise. So for no one to come out and even address it, even if you can't talk to Ridley, for Balky not to be out and just have a presser on it, or for Doug not to be open and I get why he wants to focus on the Raiders but like someone's got to
0: acknowledge it yeah well by the way he talked he did have plenty of questions I mean this was like 10 questions in where okay. he kind of said that so um yeah I don't I guess I didn't think about it in the landscape of the organization and part of that is because of the the less immediate factor of it we just it's going in a couple of days or in maybe in a day it's going to be out of sight out of mind sure, here four months, and yeah. then we'll just see what it looks like next year but I can't get over the one part of this move. In the very simplistic of terms, is next year, or at the end of this year, Marvin Jones' contract for ten million dollars per season runs out. The Jags are about to get Calvin Ridley in twenty twenty three to essentially replace Marvin Jones for one million more dollars. At 27 years old, or it's like years old, the deal gets better every day. I mean, how's one good? day closer to actually happening. If you just <laughs> if you just take that bit of knowledge, and who knows what happens after, right? Right. They could sign him to an extension. It could really work. It could be a bust. It doesn't help. But just in the value of that, and I understand this is a guy that hasn't played in two years. By the time he gets out there, but Marvin Jones, who's been a nice receiver, been a good receiver, an underrated career, but he is now 32 years old and it's year 11 for him and you're getting a guy that is a lot younger and has been very productive in his time he's got 19 touchdowns over a two season span and that people rave about in some respects from a route running ability and everything else they would put him as a a a better receiver as marvin jones i guess is what i'm getting at for a million more dollars next year yeah it's a deal I mean that is that's how good the move was for the Jacksonville Jaguars for two thousand twenty three which we know is going to be a massive year for Trevor Lawrence and for Doug Peterson and for the direction of this organization and like
2: Calvin Ridley he's trying to get paid
0: well, he is too, you know and and I like that right when you have guys that you incentivize the performance yeah, yeah. I mean he has plenty of he by the way, that guy should be playing with his hair on fire next year. Oh, yeah. He's got a lot to prove. He's got a year. lot to prove that he's back. He's got a lot to prove to get back in the, the conversation of one of the top receivers or better receivers in the game. And then he's got a big payday that could have So the Jags, I mean, this really is, an, on so many levels, a very good move for 2023 for the Jacksonville Jaguars organization. I mean, let's be honest. They can't be sitting two and six after the first eight games next year or this thing's about to blow up again. Oh, for sure.
1: Right? I love this thread you've, you've picked, though, the 11000000 million-slash-1 million additional thought. Because, you know, you look at the players getting paid right now, wide receiver, and those numbers are starting to really go up, oh, especially huge. in the offseason. But if you look at who's getting paid right now at the 10 or $11 million mark, you want to talk about a bargain basement deal that you got on Ridley. You know, guys like Nelson Aguilar, well, I guess <laughs> he'll, he'll be a, a free agent after the year, but he's getting paid 11 Tim Patrick, Curtis Samuel, Michael Gallup, Corey Davis over at the Jets.
2: Isn't that going to be a wild thing
1: when he holds out? Corey Davis? No. Calvin oh, Ridley. Calvin Ridley? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, you know, in his defense, if he had played this year and put up number one numbers, then maybe he'd have a reason to. But, man, like, are, do you like him better than Robbie Anderson? Because the
0: Panthers are paying Robbie almost $15 million a year. That's wild. That's crazy. That's a wild thing. One, I mean, it, it's you just keep going with it, and... It, you don't have to talk yourself into it. I think we probably we liked the deal yesterday for the most part. Mm-hmm. I know Casey didn't love the fact that it was not right now. And I understand that nature of it. But if you take away that part of it, yes. the um, the deal that the Jags did, forget about if it's one of the biggest deals from a trade standpoint, it might be one of the best deals they've ever made. And Trent Walkie's not really like a known for his trading ability, Dave Caldwell was really good Mm -hmm. at making trades like he got a lot of value you can say what you want about Dave but he was good he got a six-round pick for Blaine Gabbard at the time yeah right so he was pretty good at shipping people out he got all the draft capital which many a GM would have done for Jalen Ramsey he waited until the right time to do that he's been good at trading and he was good at trading bulky doesn't have that book on but this actually might be One of the most creative and good deals in the Jaguars franchise history. You think Doug plays into that, though?
2: I don't know. In what way? Well, I just think if you have a guy that, well-documented, not a great trader, and you bring in Doug, again, I don't, you know, he's only the head coach. I get that. But maybe he might have some insight or some advice or some words to give to Trembalke or just some ways to get things done that might have changed things. I don't know if that's true or not. I'm just saying if you have a guy that, Historically, hasn't been good at making trades. Doug Peterson comes in, you make two good ones. Hmm. Might be something there.
1: I'm curious if anyone else was sniffing around, kicking the tires on Ridley. I wonder that as well, actually.
0: Well, or they did. said they. I gotta believe it. They they knew what was out there, but obviously not a lot of people because I think this was a pretty good mechanical deal for the Jags that played in their favor. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't have. Been, it, you wouldn't have got this good a deal. Wouldn't feel like if there were three or four or five suitors out there. But what Peterson did kind of um, indicate. I was, yeah, Ian Peterson did today. Is that they were looking at this thing way back, like even around free agency time? Like, what's it going to look like? And now you look. See, a lot of teams are focused on the right now. Yeah,
2: other teams are trying to win today. They are. They are. Jags and, are and like, it, we got it.
0: Well, the Jags. I mean, again, they're planning. This was like an extra draft pick, an extra free agency move, uh, essentially before the league year opens. And but that's tremendous foresight by the Jags, where everybody is locked in right now and they at least explored this. I I, I got to give them a lot of credit for the way this played out relative to just their roster right now and the simple move of Marvin Jones, you're going to lose. We all know that. He knows that. Everybody knows that. You replace him with Calvin Ridley for a million more dollars next year. Like, that's it. Like, just stop. Just stop. That's good business. And, and. I don't know about the – I've seen the list of free agents and receivers. It's not great. No, no it's bad, actually. Uh, I've, I don't think this class – now, we're, we won't know until the GMs around the league start talking more about it, mock drafts or whatever at this point. But I don't think the receivers in volume are nearly as good as they've been the last even three, four years coming out in this draft. I uh, think, I think they're a homework on that, but I'm just saying I don't feel that. This college football season. I'm sure it's
1: going to change because it always does as you get closer to the draft. But the consensus as of now is that you have
0: two to three first round wide receivers in this. Well, and year. what have we had? Seven? Last year. Last I mean, year, last year it was crazy. Yeah. yeah like you ago, could yeah. get a second round wide receiver like a George Pickens. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that it's going to exist this year, I guess is my point, uh, where the depth is, is so good. And I still think they could get another one now. Isn't it smart? Wouldn't you think the Jags next year? First, second round, maybe not first, but second round, maybe it's even the third round, depending on the depth of receiver that you go get another one. Now, again, you replace the Tim Joneses and everybody else because. You don't know if you're going to have Calvin Ridley in 24, so you better start building that room. Okay. Because now you're going to be out with Zay Jones and maybe even Christian Kirk. Like, the Jags better draft the receiver next year, too, but because think- they could lose their whole receiving core after the 23 season. But
1: you think if they draft the receiver in the second round, they're going to have him sit fourth on that depth chart? Yeah. That seem- yeah. Why not? It just seems I, unlikely. You
2: know? I would not draft the receiver high, no. You got other holes. Let me yeah. see. Let me see. I mean, depending on the pick, obviously. High. Let me see one of those pass rushers mid let me see a corner and then it's not going to be late so i think they i think they need to address corner before they address wide receiver i
0: would agree with that number one like i don't think the first round pick but if the jags second round maybe it's well, maybe it's, it's third depends maybe it's on how it plays
2: out because if you if you're way up there and you got a chance at a will anderson somebody like that yeah. you take him and yeah. then you still got to fix your needs with your yeah, corner and whatnot
0: well by the way like you you're, you're when you talk first round, you talk, if the Jags are picking, like, third, I mean, you're talking about 35th pick, which is like a first-round pick. Right. But, you know, it's totally different than picking at 48. Like, it has mm-hmm. a different feel to it. So, we'll see. I, I do think they have to build. Now, look, if you want to go way past, which we're not concerned with right now, and I don't think they will be that concerned about, because really 23 is going to be that big a year, I think, for bulky Peterson Trevor. Um, the heat will turn up even on Doug if things aren't flipping. By the year. end of 23, yes. right? So I think they're not concerned about 24, but it is a, a, a decent point to make that they could lose their entire receiving core after the 23 se- season. Yes, Kirk and Zay Jones are under contract, but they're also, at that point, you can get out of those deals. Yeah,
1: and if you're paying Kirk as much as you're paying him and he's not delivering, and he's not delivering one slash then two you're gonna numbers, get out. then you want to get out anyway.
0: So it'll be something to watch, uh, certainly to uh, keep an eye on. But hey, I don't think you can blush enough over this Calvin Ridley deal. It's just a good deal for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And that's even like if it doesn't work out to the extent you hope it works out, I still think it was a great roll of the dice. Oh, yeah. And this is a, we got to record this because we'll be complaining about it (laughs) at some point. Casey, I'm sure we'll
1: bring it back. Yeah. But a very good calculated risk.
0: I told you this was a bad deal because he couldn't play (laughs) in November of 2022. and Casey Kurtz. There you go. There you go. (laughs) Uh, Hey, let's uh, take a break. We come back, friends, on ESPN 690. Trevor just talked. Uh, Trevor's got to get it right. What about this game with the Raiders? Speaking of a team that hasn't got it right, but the Jags have been a get-right game for a lot of teams this year so far, at least to find the win column, not to blow them out or everything to work, but to at least find the win column. And Josh McDaniels and the Raiders are certainly in that situation. Clay Harbor will join us at 4 o'clock. What about the World Series last night? Tipping pitches is a thing. He was no doubt tipping pitches. Amazing. Wild thing. But I want to talk about that a little bit because where do you think he was tipping pitches is still a debate. I haven't seen much in the last couple hours. Maybe it's come out. I'd read, it's very debated. Something, yeah. Yeah, okay. you, you can read a couple different things, though, okay. and people think it might be one or the I'm other. I'm interested
1: to hear some of the other. Uh, I, hadn't,
0: I hadn't heard more yeah. than one. Yeah. So uh, we'll talk a little bit about the World Series, man. The Phillies are on some kind of heater, especially when they play at home. Whoa. Two more. But two more to <laughs> two come through more. on that. Let's go. World Series champ for you. He's not a Phillies fan. He's
2: not he's a Phillies fan. Just you bet on him and picked them. so let's go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We'll be back on ESPN 6 tonight. <laughs>
0: guys are excited but also it's not a huge topic of discussion right now just because we're in the middle of the season um obviously trying to trying to put everything we can towards you know beating the raiders this week so that's that's the main focus but yeah of course there was some talk about today and, and guys are excited yeah for sure you know it's interesting that trevor lawrence who this could really help out and the interesting part of it is so many guys i think on instagram were you know messaging at Calvin Ridley when he said, you know, coming to Duvall or whatever he said. And I think they're pretty excited about it. And especially those guys that kind of grew up around that Georgia area, Mm -hmm. like, or have connections to the Falcons. So Foye Lewickin commented, Trayvon Walker commented, Tyson Campbell commented. Well, those guys were in Athens, right? So they knew all about, and that, you know, obviously play against Alabama and all this stuff. So I think the people who are familiar with Ridley I mean, I think it's a popular move inside that locker room because they know how talented he is. And this is a locker room that already believes they're pretty talented. So I think this is a move that is applauded by the players internally, even though it's not an imminent impact. Do you think there's,
1: do you think this is a thing where Trevor has to mind his excitement? so he doesn't insult any of the already existing receiving options. Yeah, I thought about even.
0: that. And, and specifically Marvin Jones. Yeah. And, and I, think, I think part of his answer right there was in respect to Marvin Jones. I'd say and Christian's in that category
1: as well. Yeah, but Christian's going to be there anyway. But he's supposed to be your guy, and now he's clearly not going to be
0: if Ridley plays the way well, I think he plays. could be still a very key guy. Yeah, Christian but, Kirk could eat. I mean, he could be the best recipient, even more maybe than Trevor. Well, probably that doesn't make sense, but you get my yeah, You get the idea. I mean, I wanted to make say something outlandish fine, to make did. sure I punch on that point. You really we all understood. It's fine.
2: You thought Christian Kirk was going to get the passing yards to Ridley somehow. I get yeah. you. I appreciate it. <laughs> Double passes, man. Yeah, man. Hey, they got somebody that can catch it now.
0: But like you do you can. know what I'm saying? Like, in Jacksonville, there have been times where players have wanted out. We talked about that, you know, so much. And yeah. then you have a Josh Allen who wants to be there. And Doug's changing the culture, and the culture right now is pretty good. And by the way, I've said this countless times. I don't think they get enough credit for it, but the locker room with the core guys that were there even in the mess of Meyer was a good locker room. They got... This was a pretty tight locker room. That's why... I mean, there were some thoughts like this week. I think I heard people saying like they're pointing fingers now. I don't think that happens in that locker room. You know? I don't. think they're pretty... They like this group, and they respect each other and all that stuff, you know? So... I think they like this move. And when the players inside the locker room like the move from, like, a management perspective, there's not too many times that the locker room's like, hey, nice job, management. Yeah, that's true. I think it's
1: also easier for the locker room to like the move because he's not taking anybody's job today. That's fair. You know, Everybody's that, still getting their reps, yeah. yeah. Maybe it becomes a little tougher to like that move in, uh, you know, preseason next year. Yeah. But,
0: well, but it's easier to digest that, too, because, really, the again, it's the like guy, a free agent. Yeah. the guy on the way out is Marvin Jones here, but he knows that. He knows the business. I yeah. mean, and then it's not c- uncomfortable for everybody because sure. Marvin, by middle of January, his bags are packed, and he's on to the next thing. Yeah. And maybe he's making another music album, or maybe he's still playing in the NFL. Like, I don't know which one. I love Marvin Jones.
2: Is it crazy to think they just keep him and he's your four now?
0: It depends how much you gotta pay That Like you're
1: not paying him uh is, ten million to be your four.
2: But is anybody paying him to be ten million to no, be? Yeah, his price tag would go way down. I, I wonder. I mean, so, does I mean if it goes doesn't
0: still play, I mean he's healthy, he'll play next year.
2: You think so? Oh yeah. I, I just, mean he's I'd, playing well this year. I mean that's I mean, there's a lot of receivers that I mean, there's not a lot of receivers on the free agent market, so I get someone will probably sign him. Yeah. But I wonder if Marvin looks at this as like, you know, I've been here through not as much crap as, you know. The media has, I guess, but like he's like, hey, you know what? If I've been building this thing, why not just stick around? If I'm going to get paid four million here compared to five with the Titans, you know what I mean? Yeah, and by the way, I I think that way too. But there's probably a situation.
0: Let me throw you one. Like a Baltimore, who doesn't have anybody? Uh, Yeah, right. And so Baltimore's going to say, hey, Marvin, come in here for five million dollars, or you can stay in Jacksonville for five million.
2: Yeah, and I and and I, I would get that. I just wonder if. It's a good point, but I just wonder, do teams like Baltimore go that way? I don't know. Because I would, although I don't think much of Nelson Aguilar, I probably would go after him first.
0: Yeah, I, I get it. And here's the other part about the Marvin situation, I can tell you. It's not, like, I think he's enjoyed his time in Jacksonville, but he's not, like, entrenched in Jacksonville. Like, his family doesn't even live here. Mm. Like, they're out in California. Last year, they were in Miami. Like he he's flying back and forth and living kind of in his suitcase. Right. He's, work- he's for working, the last two years. working here, yeah. And, and by the way, like I think Marvin's been great. Like I think he's really helped out. I th- and Most I also think he's a receiver over the last two years. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I mean, I think there's a lot to like. I'm just, I we just know the business. Like, I, if Marvin was right here right now, I mean, I said it last night with Dan Arnold on the show. I mean. This is a replacement for Marvin Jones. The Jags are not bringing Marvin Jones back. It was a two-year, $20 million contract. So they're sure as heck not bringing him back at that price tag again. And I just don't think he's going to want to be a fourth receiver on a team. I think he could go be a three easy and maybe even a two somewhere, depending on what the situation is. And I also wouldn't rule out the idea that that dude's made a ton of money in his career. That guy has a lot of different things that he could do with his life. And That's he's true. healthy. He do be singing. I mean, he's ele- 11 years in. I mean, how much longer does he want to play? Now, time. he might want to win in fairness to him. He-, he'd been in, Nick, he did go to the playoffs one year in Detroit, but he really hasn't been around a winner. So if he could sign on, let's just say the Rams want it. Mm-hmm. Like that would make some sense. And by the way, that would make a lot of sense. He's from out there. I go with the Chargers. Right? Or Chargers. Yeah. Or the Niners. Somebody like that that wants him. That makes a sense. That makes a lot of sense for $5 million, $6 million. Uh, but he's not going to be in Jacksonville next year. Like, yeah. I'm, pretty, I'm pretty comfortable saying that um, from his point of view and probably from the organization's point of view. But I think he's been a good player for the Jags, and I think he can still help a lot over the last nine games. Uh, for, I think the Jags got exactly what they expected so far out of Marvin Jones.
2: Yeah. I would agree. Enough? Yes, I would agree with that.
0: Yeah. The cost of doing business now is two years, $20 million for a receiver like Marvin Jones. Money mm-hmm. well spent.
2: Money yeah. well spent. I think. Uh, you know it's a dangerous game? The one that we're going to be playing all off-season and into 23? Because, like, we've already said it, and we thought year two, Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson, right, that was going to be the pop anyway? Yeah. And now you add Calvin Ridley to it? Ho, ho, ho! Temper, the the expectations are not going to be tempered in the offseason. Yeah, tell you that. well,
1: that's the time you don't want to temper the expectations. Like, that's the time you want to let them run free. It's... After game three when you're one and two and you go, oh, oh
2: great. And that's the dangerous game. <laughs> now we got to it. And we're going to play it. Don't get me wrong. And I'm going to let us play it, but it's still dangerous. Yeah. Okay. The emotions of Sunday
0: and Trevor and, and more mistakes, uh, the same mistake really bothered people. Uh, Monday, it's still there. Yesterday, you had the kind of excitement about the trade and and what else was going around in the NFL. Now we're on a Wednesday. They're well on to the Raiders. We're kind of in the middle. I think the fans are in the middle of last week and this week and next year now with Ridley. I don't think anybody's thinking about the Raiders to the fans. Yeah, probably not. What I'm asking here is how much concern now is there over Trevor as opposed to 48 hours ago? (laughs) like now that everybody's come off the you know curse words galore it's interesting because i do think it's lessened a little bit i think everyone's
1: able to take it take a deep breath but the concern over trevor two three days ago had nothing to do with the options it had to do with the throws he was making or not making so it's interesting to see it cool down a little bit but it definitely does feel like at least on twitter I think It's cooled down a bit.
2: I think you just get farther away from it, right? So now you're on Wednesday. You're even split away from what happened and what's going to happen next. So I think you're back in the mind of it's like, ah, well, let's hope that doesn't happen again. Yeah. I think that just emotions kind of – you go through it, and then next Sunday, next Monday, we'll see where we're at.
0: Man, I hope he doesn't have another bad game this weekend.
2: Well, he's got to avoid
0: stacking the bad games. He really has to start stacking some good plays and good games. I was thinking of this today, and and you guys – you don't have to agree with me. There might be more to it. But I talk a lot about Trevor right now is not making the money play at the end of the game, and he's making the maddening play at some points in the game. And if those two things overshadow anything else, right, we see it all the time. We can, I can watch Patrick Mahomes for the first half or Lamar Jackson for the first half, and they're, like, a little off and things. Are little, but it's not overly scrutinized. They're the great Patrick Mahomes and great Lamar Jackson, and then they go and make a play in the fourth quarter, wins sure. the game, and nobody's talking about it. Right? The mm-hmm. bottom line here is Aaron Rodgers to Tom Brady to Patrick Mahomes to Justin Herbert to Lamar Jackson, they miss throws. Like, they don't always throw it on target. They make mistakes. Mm-hmm. I really thought about this today, and I was like, I believe we could be sitting here in early November and the whole thing would be flipped on five plays of this season right now. Five plays by Trevor. I'm not even talking about the Trayvon Walker plays or or uh, ETN dropping it against Washington or whatever else. Talking about all five fumbles? <laughs> I'm not talking about that, but I do bring up a – that's the one I'm a little – I'm not so sure about. But hear me out. And, again, I think the first throw to ETN in Washington, I think it feels different. The game flows different. It's seven points instead of three points. That could certainly have shifted everything. And, again, leave the ETN stuff out of it for now. That could have changed it, too. I get it. So, one play, Washington. Second play. I'm talking about the overthrow? Yeah, the overthrow. Okay. All right. Uh, second play. They got a field goal out of that, by the way, mm-hmm. instead of seven points. And they took the lead, remember? Yes. It was three-nothing instead of seven-nothing. And the second play, 14-nothing, in the rain in philly you are coming off eight tremendous quarters really nine now and you've got a 14 nothing lead against the best team in the nfl and you have jamal agnew and if he gets a beat more or if he just lets him run under it they go up 21 nothing and i know philly's good but i'm not sure they're coming back from 21 nothing Oh, they did score more than twenty one that game though. They did, but I just have a hard time believing that Trevor's fumbling four times and you wouldn't be handing it off more. And I don't again, that's the one I kind of maybe they still come back. But twenty one nothing guys in the NFL. Yeah, it's tough to come back. That's a that's a I
2: give you that that's a hard thing now. So that's two. I don't know if he doesn't fumble or not, but I agree that twenty one nothing's not fourteen. Just going along with the premise.
0: It's the same thing, by the, way, the 21-0 thing is the same thing that happened in Cincinnati last year, remember, yes. on Thursday night, where if they go up 21 nothing. I don't care, Borough and Cincinnati ain't coming back. You know, that gave them life for the second half, and then they dominated the second half. And kind of what happened in Philly, you know? They missed that play, and the then, then they dominated, dominated right yeah. after. Mm-hmm. So play. that was a very similar game, actually, in that respect. Just at least more. the coach
2: didn't go out after the Philly game. That's <laughs> <laughs>
0: true. <laughs> that is true. Uh, so two plays. Washington, overthrow to ETN. Two, overthrow to Agnew. Third play, and I'm hoping I'm getting this in sequential order. Houston, the pick. So you're not even trying to make a play. Just don't make the play. Like that. Just don't make the play. Eat right. it. Run it. Throw They're it away. Anything, anything to Brennan <laughs> section 203. Yes,
1: anything but giving it away, yeah. Well, that'd be a
0: shot up to Brennan 203. <laughs> rifle. Zay Jones, before the ETN fumble against the Giants, if he makes the throw, which he said, I asked him about it a few days later. Yeah. He said he should have made it. And if you make that throw, ETN doesn't fumble. Yeah. You're in the end zone, and you're probably winning. And I'm, then obviously, I'm not giving you that one. And then the fifth one is uh, is last week, obviously in the end zone. So I mean, those are five plays. I'm talking five plays. Got, how many plays have the Jags run this year? Something like is that 550. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> 500 and something plays. They're yeah. over 500. Yeah, at least on the snap counts. Yeah. Five plays. And I'm not convinced, Casey, that they win all of them, but I'm pretty damn convinced they probably win four of those five games and at least three out of the five games, even on a floor. And so you win three out of five games, and we are talking totally something different. You're talking first place? We're talking five plays. And, again, I'm not even bringing into account the Trayvon stuff. We're talking about Trevor right now. He has five plays of all the other stuff because you probably never get, like last week, you never throw the interception in the two-minute drill because you don't need it. You don't throw the stupid play against Washington on 3rd and 11 because you probably don't need it. And so that's how much this season is just... That's where it's at. This season is weird like that. I mean, they are legit probably five plays, and you guys can probably find different ones maybe that that you like. But to me, those are five huge plays of this season that Trevor either just didn't make or should have kept in his pocket on two of them. Yeah. And the Jags might be three more wins five and three and we're really having some fun here well, It really crystallizes
1: how close the team is though you, you talk about a team on the brink of understanding how to turn this thing around and all season we've been like oh the jacks got to learn how to win they got to learn how to win and that doesn't really mean anything behind those words other than players just thinking they can Make right? plays, yeah. making plays just believing that this is their game whether it is or not so like in 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 real life does what you say happen if those throws don't happen or if they go differently? Maybe, maybe not. You don't know who fumbles or what happens. But to your point, I mean, it's that close to being a first place team, and this conversation is drastically different. I'll yeah. give
2: you. I'll give you the Washington. I I cannot co-sign Philly or the Giants. I'll give you Texans as well. Texans is a no doubter. Yeah, I'll give you two. I I I think that. Washington and Texans are gettable. And Denver. The defense earned the loss in Philly, and
1: not stopping Daniel Jones against New York, they kind of earned that that Giants loss as well.
2: And I put that throw, like, I know he said he should have made it okay, but I put that on ETM.
0: Yeah, listen, there's other blame to go around. Mm -hmm. But I'm just saying from the QB spot, I just think we would be talking totally different about Trevor. Yeah, no, that's real, right? And and I will say this. And
2: to be honest, even if he holds the Texans one, because then the Broncos one wouldn't have been the second time. He would can't. have said, oh, don't do it again like we did after the Houston one.
0: Yeah, true, true, true. You'd have a different feel, right? Right. Absolutely case you know this you were you pitched a little bit i tell this to kaylee all the time they're looking at you like your defense is looking at you as a pitcher well that's what the quarterback is in football Mm -hmm. so the defense even though he doesn't play on that side of the ball they get the life sucked out of him sometimes because of the way something transpired or they get ramped up we've seen that with lamar jackson and other players so i mean trevor no doubt is the catalyst here and that's why it's the most important position And we're talking five plays, man. Five plays from being a totally different potential script. At the worst, probably, sitting here five and three. We'll be back, Brent and Friends, on ESPN 6.9. What he was doing, it was simple.
1: With Harper the First, his glove was tilted up. There was no space between where his glove was and his chin and his face. Um, I broke down the film already. And then when he threw the fastball, his glove was curved and tucked behind his head. It, if you're in fifth grade, you can understand this. It's real simple. I mean, people are talking about his knee. Uh, there was space from his knee to his hip. It, that that was from the stretch in the windup. But it was, it was all about the glove movement. It was all about the space in between his face and his glove. And um, Harper took ball and he said, listen,
0: simple. Trust what we told you in the meeting. I mean, Kevin Long, you got to give credit to him, the hitting coach. Kevin Long couldn't get the Yankees to hit, but apparently he can get the Phillies to hit. Just need talented players, I guess. Man, isn't that a
2: wild thing?
0: I hadn't heard the glove
1: uh, theory yet. I heard the leg theory.
0: Yeah, I saw the pictures. Uh, AJ Burnett. AJ, re- I think he tweeted in on it and said, "AJ Burnett." No, bro, it's the glove or something like that. Because somebody else had said the leg. Yeah. and I saw the difference in the leg too. Like when they when they side by side of mm-hmm. it. But I think I think it's more glove. And yeah, don't you feel like the leg would happen too late in the windup for you to react correctly? I kind of think so. And here's the deal. With the glove, you can at least – that's where you're seeing the ball from, right? Yeah. At least in you're that watching state. that whole time. Why would you, if, if I'm a hitter, I'm not so sure I'm watching my the leg. And not even seeing the and ball come out. not seeing the ball. Yeah. So I've got to believe it's it's the glove. the glove. And and listen, this is a guy that for Okc, I think they said something like 80% off speed pitches anyway. Yeah, yeah. he did 15%
1: right? fastballs. So when it's a slider – which is, I guess, what they're hitting because it's the fastball yeah. that curves. Yeah. Um, you know,
0: here's, they just what, know coming. here's what people don't give enough credit to. How fast it happens. Well, how fast it happens, and you still got to hit it 480 feet like these guys were. They were crushing this thing like it was straight out of the natural.
2: You know, McCullers hadn't given up a home run on an off-speed pitch all season? Really? Yes. <laughs> That's crazy. That is crazy. Harper said, nah, I'm a yes. How good is Smoltz, <laughs> by the way? Dude, okay. If you missed that, I tweeted this. He literally said, as Harper's walking to the plate, if I'm Bryce here, I'm sitting I'm sitting off speed and see if he gets one and, and he hangs it and hits it. And sure enough, he sat off speed, first pitch, boom. It was Smoltz is really good. Smoltz is,
0: is Tony Romo. Oh, enough with Smoltz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that's why a lot of people don't like Smoltz because he beat him so many times. Uh, yeah. Not just him, but I mean, a lot of people.
2: Am I a closer? Am I a starter? I don't know. He's very good. Yeah. And the thing is, like, it wasn't even me that had to catch on because Harper hit it. And I was, I like yelled because I was like, oh my God, he called it. And Amanda's like, didn't he just say, like, that that's what he should be looking for? I was like, yes, Amanda. That is exactly what he said.
0: You follow Jared Karabas at all? Yeah. Uh, So, like, he's a Yankee hater, right? right? And so it's his great. This, uh, he shows Bryce. Harper, he says Bryce Harper homers off McCullers. Gets in Alec Boehm's ear. Boehm homers off McCullers because mm-hmm. that's what happened. Right. Well, some guy replies to him. He says Aaron Judge strikes out off McCullers. Gets in Giancarlo Stanton's ear. Stanton strikes out off McCullers. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> it was really good. Oh, that's good stuff. Uh, that's a fascinating uh, um, involvement of ba- inside baseball. What took place last night? Yeah, we play. I play baseball. Or all my life, and I can tell you this, it didn't get to that degree with me. Like, it didn't. It's, it does now, and part of it at the MLB level is they have all the metrics, they have all the numbers, they have all the video. You can see, like, Steph actually said this, Ty, why don't you do that? I was like, you, uh, high school kids actually do try to do some of that stuff, I think. If you, <laughs> if you find it, you can try to do it. It's certainly okay, but we it's didn't. very dangerous at the high school. It's one thing to steal signs, it's the other thing to see if a guy's tipping. Because at the high school level, is what I told Seth, that guy's not refined enough. He might do three different things when he throws his fastball. Also hitters. like, not, like These guys are so polished at the Major League Baseball level, they, they do the same thing over and over and over again. Also
1: hitters at the Major League level have been hitting for so long that they can be looking at these things and still focus and in on it. And still hitting. hit,
2: yeah, well, even though it's 94. A, in our high school district, there was a kid for four years that – Set differently when he was throwing fastball or off speed, and like the on whole on your team or different team, no, different team, like okay. the whole district, do <laughs> oh, this poor like kid. this kid was getting rocked for four years.
1: 17 era through his. And high I don't, I don't know how
2: it? nobody else picked up on it, but like I'm telling you, it was a thing, and everyone's just rocking this kid because he would set up here, like he'd be looking at you, he'd set up here for fastball, he'd set down here for curveball because he was messing with how it. How did nobody tell him? I wasn't telling him, by the way. This was a was huge deal, either way. You know. Um, <laughs> what was it? What was what the the Red Sox, when they
0: beat the Dodgers, uh, what's his name? The reliever. Kimbrel. Yeah. This was a big oh, deal. Yeah. yeah. Kim- Kimbrel was getting torched. Yes. And then a buddy of Kimbrel's said, dude, you're tipping your pitches. Mm. And he was unbelievable in the
2: World Series. He fixed it. Yes. Like, if that doesn't show what's happening... Yeah. Well, that's how good these guys yeah, are. It's fixable if you know what you're If you know what you're doing wrong. It's it's him. it's
1: more interesting to me that it kind of develops out of nowhere and then you can fix it and get rid of it. As opposed
0: to something you've done your whole career you didn't realize. I know. It is. Yeah. it's it, Well, because I do think they change subtle changes. And that's why so many guys now are going to that delayed, crazy wind-up stuff like Cueto and mm-hmm. others. Because that way you can't figure it out. Yeah. That's why they're doing it. That's how good the hitters are, mm. which is the hardest thing to do in sports. If these guys are that good at it, and we don't appreciate—I don't—I think it's the one thing in sports we don't appreciate enough: how good a hitters these guys are. Such a precise sport. I mean, all the—we don't appreciate probably all the professional athletes for what. I always say this about the NBA: we don't appreciate that they knock down an eight-footer like it's a layup. True. In the NBA. Yeah. Like, oh, he should make that. He should make it. You go try to hit an eight-footer. 48 out of 50 times. Yeah, I think the
1: same thing when you watch the <laughs> skills challenge and a quarterback's just dropping in and in a garbage can from 75 yards I out, and I'm like,
0: "What?" I know. We don't appreciate professional athletes enough, I don't think for their skill set. Yeah. We'll be back. Uh, Clay Harbor joins us speaking of professional athletes on ESPN 690 next.